0: Earthy Girls is a mother-daughter duo who love the planet and all things green. Raquel is a Dallas-based florist, while Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. Together, they co-create beautiful gift boxes with recycled florals, paper, and wax. Together, they are the Earthy Girls. Hello, and welcome to another mini-episode of the Earthy Girls. Hey guys, it's Becca B stopping by in the podcast studio again for the second night in a row. And yes, sitting here looking out the window into the deep dark sky of the forest. And we're gonna talk a little bit about deep dark space and also Artemis 1 and the Northern Lights. So like I mentioned, Raquel is back home in Texas. I am still here getting to wrap up And close down the cabin for the season. Talk a little bit about Artemis 1. And why do we care about space? I mean, I'm an earthy girl. You guys listening, I know you're earthy people. We're earthlings. We love Mother Earth. Why is it so important to talk about Artemis 1? You know, they were set to launch on August 29th. Uh, That was one of the days I was traveling up north. So uh, I was glad to see that uh, they didn't launch because they had some, you know, some severe weather, lightning strikes and severe weather. is not good for a launch to the moon. So right now, tentatively, they have another window open. Uh, They're looking towards September 23rd, which today, September 14th. uh, But they may scrap that day. And it looks like they've got September 27th as their preferred date, Uh, with a backup date of October 2nd, if they have to scratch September 27th. So let's talk a little bit about Artemis. Artemis, I love that name. Also known as Diana. And, uh, you know, we just celebrated Princess Diana's 25th, I think, 25th anniversary of her death. Is that right? Can it be that already? Uh, Or maybe 20th. Getting confused. You know, I know the Queen just passed. Uh, And um, my condolences, especially to my neighbors to the very near north of me in Canada. But you know, Artemis uh, is a Greek mythological figure, uh, also known as Diana, and she's the daughter of Zeus. And it's interesting that NASA had named one of their first moon missions after Apollo, which is Diana's twin brother. So, Artemis, Apollo, twin siblings. Artemis, she is the goddess of the wilderness, which I love. Now she's also the goddess of hunting and she inspires environmental conservancy programs. So I love that about that name. And I think it's a great homage that NASA is giving us the name of Artemis because Artemis is a, you know, she's feminine mystique. She's a female. And she had powers, you know. She was a strong figure as a hunter, a twin sister of Apollo who rules the sun, um, and she is the lunar goddess. So I like that, you know, that they're naming uh, this moon mission after Artemis, who's the lunar goddess. And, you know, this moon mission by NASA has been um, in the works for about a decade, and it's gonna you know, marked their debut of their space launch system, their SLS. And they're not sending astronauts this time. They're sending mannequins. And one of the things that I really love is the fact that they paid homage to Arturo Campos, who helped uh, guide Apollo 13 safely back to Earth. So one of the mannequins is named Commander Munikin Campos, which I think that's hilarious. And uh, they actually are going to have, you know, sensors attached to his chair. Uh, they're going to record data, you know, like the thrust, all the, you know, the nerdy science stuff. Y'all don't want to hear about that. You can look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll include a link on NASA. But, you know, basically the sensors are going to record data, uh, send that back to the scientists, the nerdy guys who I absolutely love. I think that's funny that y'all gave him Commander Moonikin's name. Shout out to NASA. But one of the things that I think is an earthy girl win, uh, I like to read this. You know, I've had to digest a ton of information today, but one of the, of course, I pick out the high points, the funny points, and the easy to digest points. Um, I'm not a science person. I'm a broadcaster, for crying out loud. I'm a writer. I'm a gardener. I'm a poet. But uh, I love the fact of Commander Munikin Kapos. But I also love the fact that, uh, you know, they're reusing four of their main engines from a former shuttle uh, launch. So they're, you know, reusing, repurposing. I love it. Not happy with the fact that once, you know, the thrust enters the orbit towards the moon, that those, you know, the engines fall away and they fall into our oceans and they're not recoverable, guys. So they're going to stay down on the bottom of the sea. So I'm not good with that. Like I said, I'm an Earthling. I think about Mother Earth first and foremost. But I'm trying to see the bright side of why we need to go into outer space. So I came up with a few things. I think they're good. I think y'all might like them. You know, one of the things they do up there, the astronauts, they get up there, you know, they're doing all kinds of science stuff experimenting, you know, they're floating around without gravity, yada, yada. We've seen all that. But one of the things that I love is that, you know, they can't turn on a spigot and there's an endless water supply. You know, shout out to us gray water gorillas. These folks have to reuse and repurpose their own urine. So, ha, I love it. So that's what they do. That's one of the things they're they're learning up there how to do and perfect, perfect it. So shout out to the astronauts. (laughs) Man, tickles me as you can tell. So water purification is happening up in space. I gotta love it. It's cracking me up. Another thing that I really do like is, you know. For all you people that have had cataract and LASIK surgery, one of the things that they do up in space is they practice on eye surgery. So that's a win, right? That's that's a positive. It costs so much money to launch these spaceships. My God, they better get something out of it. So heck yeah, win for the LASIK surgery for the cataract surgery. So that's something that's going on up there. I'm still tickled pink about that. <laughs> water purification, but just ignore me. Uh anyways, another thing that really, truly, this is this is serious. You know, people have cancer here on earth. Um and up in space, they can practice learning how to use a robotic arm that can find those tumors that our human hands can't and they can operate on that. And so that is a big win for space, you know. There's a couple of big wins. You know, without just the fact that, you know, James Webb uh uh telescope captured evidence of a supernova and we we saw those beautiful images. Oh my god, they were gorgeous that were sent down. How beautiful it looks up in space. I mean, that's worth it, right? Uh you know, they found a beautiful Einstein ring. And we all, I mean, all of us earthlings love Einstein, right? He's just the father of of so many innovations and so many different thought processes that um, you flat earthers, never you mind, y'all won't get it. So let's talk a little bit about something that I promised you. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, when we were up here for Marty's Ashes, one of the things that we, many of us that were here that hadn't left the property early, got to experience was the Northern Lights. and. Uh, Oh, my God, it's something to see. So my fourth time seeing, I actually saw him three fourth times over Labor Day. The first day was Saturday, September 3rd, and we were sitting out by the campfire. And I look over, you know, to the forest, and I see that the sky is dark because it's past 10, 10 p.m., but I see that the sky is light and I see where it's coming from. And so I literally, you know, jump up, run down the path screaming, it's the Northern Lights, it's the Northern Lights. And it was. So how do those things happen? I mean, if you've ever had the opportunity to see them, you will never forget it. It's a once in a lifetime thing. And I've seen them four different times. The first time I saw them was probably the best. Uh, back September 13th and uh, 14th, 2018. But we saw them here on the property again on September 3rd and September 4th, um, which I like to think was an homage to Marty. But how do those things happen? You know, you read some stuff online and people say, oh, it's the solar particles colliding with gases. You know, that's what creates that fluorescence light in the sky. And then there's some people that say it's not um solar charged particles. It's the solar winds interacting with the Earth's magnetism. What does that mean, solar winds? So <clears throat> we talk a little bit about a prism. We've talked, I know a little bit about that and a little bit enough, enough to be dangerous, but not enough to be an expert by any means. But when you think about a rainbow and you think about, you know, the prism uh, those are particles that are floating and there's a connection between that and gas so yeah it's you know some some people say tomato some people say tomato but basically it's solar charged particles interacting solar winds times magnetism of the earth You know, you science nerds, y'all break it down for us. We're willing, y'all give me a call, please. I'm calling out. I need a science nerd to give me a call. I want it. I want to hear from you. But, you know, the Northern Lights are also known as the Aurora Borealis. And um, if you've ever seen them, they talk about how they dance around the sky. And it's true. I call it like a wave because you'll see one kind of spike up. And you'll see that kind of turquoise. By the way, green is the most common northern light you'll see. If you get to see turquoise, white, pink, purple, I mean, you're blessed. You're up in Iceland somewhere. But I'm telling you, I'm here on the shores of the Great Lakes and close to Canada, uh, FYI. So the prevalent color we see is that light green. But we also see that almost kind of light sea glass turquoise color. And it really does kind of it spikes, but it doesn't roll. It's almost like it goes up and then there's a wave and it'll disappear. We actually saw one on Sunday the fourth that we have never seen this one. So this one wasn't on the skyline that goes up and down like you see, you know, that wave of beautiful northern lights this one went across the top of the sky imagine the sky it's a globe you know that it's not flat it's a globe flat earthers and this northern light wrapped around the skyline we could see no end or no beginning and right above us it was shaped like a feather and we were like I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And my son, Corey, is like, what the F is that? And we're all like, I mean, we're stunned because we'd seen it the day before and we'd seen it on the skyline and how it rose and fell and rose and fell in ways. This one was over us. It was not on the horizon and it was one single light. It was exceptional. It was Mother Earth, like she was giving us a message, and the message I received was: I told everybody, we're blessed, we're protected. I don't know if that's true, but that's the way I perceived it, and that's the way I interpreted it. But here's the thing, you guys: here's how you can see the Northern Lights. This past weekend on Labor Day, it it went as far as St. Louis. It did. I I looked it up. I'm going to include the link. It went as far as St. Louis. Uh, and that's pretty far south. But here's the thing. You have to see it in a designated dark sky or in the wilderness, like where I'm at. Because like I said, I'm looking out. It's inky black. I can't see anything. I can see my little solar light that marks the path to the beach. But otherwise, it's inky black. So that's the best place to see. The Northern Lights is in a designated dark sky, which, you know, we did a story on that or a podcast on that, or in the wilderness or a place that is like, say, a conservatory, you know, uh, places that, you know, maybe you have a farm that you go to, a friend has a farm, but someplace that has little to no light pollution, that's the best place to see the Northern Lights. So once again, I just want to say thank you for staying with us, you know, this past week. Two weeks we were off here uh, up north, and like I said, I'm still here uh, doing a little painting today. Did a little staining, getting ready for the winter that uh, is really hard on the wood deck. So I did some staining today. Uh, do a little bit more of that tomorrow, and then you know start to close down the cabin and uh, head back home to Texas. But I wanted to stop by and let you know I'm still here. I'm still learning still loving the earth. Uh, This time we're talking about, you know, deep space and, you know, the Northern Lights. So good luck to Artemis One. I hope you get your launch date. I hope it goes successful. Uh, If you live in Florida, uh, I think we have a few listeners in Florida. If you live in Florida, I hope you get to go to Cape Canaveral and watch the launch. I know a lot of people like to do that and I'll be sure to catch it on TV uh, as well or find it online. So You know, I hope you guys had a great summer, great Labor Day. Looking forward to the fall and what we can talk about in our fall gardening series. And, you know, you guys stay earthy. Give us a shout. If you love the podcast, share it with someone. If you don't love it, hey, throw rocks at us. Let us know. Help us get better because we're here. Raquel and I want to tell you all. Y'all stay earthy and bye. The Earthy Girls are here to inform, encourage, and inspire you to take that one small step for our planet. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. If you love it, download it and share it with a friend. And leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And y'all stay earthy.